It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports I have my locker room live hangout session this morning at 11 a.m. on Thursday, Central Time. Tune in, locker room on the iOS device. We're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Hornets, Oklahoma City losing their fourth straight, and more Alexei Pokashevsky propaganda. But we start the way we always do with the game overview. And this game marks the first of a franchise altering stretch. I wrote about this at BricktownBuckets.com. This is the first game that can change the franchise as the thunder want to have as best odds as possible at getting that top overall pick. They want to be able to pair SGA with these young studs we're seeing right now. They dropped their fourth straight game. First time all year, they've lost four straight. They go to three and seven in their last 10 and they have a stretch coming up against teams who are ahead of them which almost count as two games because not only do you get the loss, but the teams ahead of you get a win. And it started today with Charlotte to where you need to lose this game to continue this momentum of losing, but it really gets going on Thursday. On, on Thursday against Cleveland, you are only a game and a half back of Cleveland. You lose this game tonight on Thursday, that's a big deal. You're going to lose against Philadelphia and Utah. Those are juggernauts. And then you play Golden State, Detroit, Toronto, Washington, Indiana, Washington again. And then you've got Philadelphia and Boston, two hungry Eastern Conference teams. And then you play New Orleans, who will still be hanging around for that play-in. You play Indiana again. And then you play the Suns. And here's the stretch. Here's the stretch right now that's still undefined because it, it, it matters what Golden State and Sacramento do up until May. But you play Sacramento, Golden State, Golden State, Sacramento, Sacramento. That's a big deal. So this stretch... Your record coming out of this can be the difference in you finishing up at seven, which you are sitting at currently, which gives you a 29.3% chance at the top four pick and a 6.8% chance of a, of a number one overall pick and being at five or even being at four. There's an outside chance at four, but Orlando's going to sink quickly. So, so five is where you want to be and five elevates you to a 39.9% chance you get in that top four to a 9.8% chance you get the number one overall pick. And it's so critical to land in this top five and get some of these franchise-changing prospects around SGA 
at this next stretch of the season, if, if you're wondering, why do I hang around? Why do I keep watching these blowout losses? Why, why do I keep doing it? This is why. Because while the scoreboard's not where you would typically want it to be in a season like this, tonight's game was perfect. And, and tonight's game can start laying the foundation, and tonight's game can be the start of a stretch that earns you a catapult that can, that can just launch you into a dynasty on June 22nd on lottery night to get you that top pick, to get you that top prospect, to get you back into relevancy, into contention, into the, the infancy stages of a dynasty. This stretch is very important. Not only watching Tail Maladon and Alexei Pokoshevsky, but watching it in its totality, even the wins and losses. You better be big Sacramento Kings fans coming up and Golden State Warrior fans coming up and even Pacer fans coming up. You play them twice and they're teetering on the brink in the Eastern Conference. You need those teams to be relevant whenever you get your chance at them. That way they have something to play for in May. Something to play for in a couple weeks. The difference in getting Cade Cunningham and getting Jalen Suggs and getting Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, will be very, very thin. The Thunder have to improve their odds every way that they can in this next stretch of the year. And it could end up changing the fate of the franchise. We'll dive into a lot more draft talk moving forward on this podcast on off days. But for this game recap, SGA was, of course, out. Darius Baisley was out. Dort was out. Muscala, Hall, Roby, all out. Darius Miller was a late scratch in this one. So the Thunder went in here with nine players available. And those players, if, even if you include Darius Miller, who is 30 years old. So, so remember, if you include Darius Miller, who's 30 years old, the average age of this roster is 22.4. 22.4 years old. Now take out that 30-year-old, and it's a lot less than that. So this is unexplainably young. Like it, it's, it's unfathomable young, this team right now. With all these injuries, with that Horford sitting out, and you played a middle-of-the-road Hornets team who was missing Gordon Hayward, Malik Monk, and LaMelo Ball. So basically, you're playing the Hornets of last year, which finished a couple games shy of getting to attend the bubble. And the Hornets came out in this game and punched the Thunder in the mouth. They played active defense. They forced turnovers. They contested every shot. They were in the passing lanes. They were forcing Oklahoma City to take late shots in the shot clock. They came out with aggression. The Thunder did not put their first points on the board until the 8-12 mark. The Thunder lacked some energy at the start of the game, so much so that Moses Brown loses a jump ball to, to Washington, to P.J. Washington. Now, P.J. Washington can jump, for sure, uh, but Moses Brown's 7-2. He should win that jump ball. The Thunder lose their fourth straight game. Now, as a team, they did something in this game that they had not done before in these last couple of meetings, these last couple of contests. They fought back. It was, it was a back-and-forth game for the, for the first uh, half of this contest and for the third quarter. It was a back-and-forth game. After that initial surge, when the Thunder took a timeout down 11-3 at the 7-minute mark, after that, this was a back-and-forth contest, which the Thunder showed a lot of fight in. And you lose by 10 points or whatever it was instead of losing by 40 or losing by 24 or losing by 50,000, right? You lose by 11. You lose by 11 points. So even this roster is getting better day to day as they're getting more comfortable. And you're playing a roster that features Kendrick Williams, who is nursing a sprained ankle, Alexei Pokoshevsky, who's the youngest player in the entire NBA, Moses Brown, who is a second, who was a two-way contract guy a couple weeks ago, 
Sumakai Luke, Taylor Maldon, Ty Jerome, Tony Bradley, Justin Robinson, and Jalen Horde. That, that was your squad, and they put up a fight, which is a tribute to the players and to Mark Dagnon. But ultimately, how the team itself performs does not really matter. It's about how individuals perform. And in this game, Alexei Pokashevsky stole all of the individual headlines. Not only does he set a record with the most threes ever made by a Thunder rookie, he goes 7-4-11 from beyond the arc. He pours in 25 points, but he was just on fire, and he got confidence in this ballgame. You saw him develop confidence right before your eyes in this game. One big thing before we dive into only Poku is that how opponents are going to defend him moving forward. In this game, James Borrego put Devontae Graham on Alexei Pokoshevsky, and I don't hate that decision because nobody in this league besides a handful of guys, KP is one of them, can defend and contest Poku's shot. He's a high release. He's seven. He's a seven-footer. He's fluid. Nobody can contend his shot anyway. So no matter who you put on him, for the most part, you're not going to have any hope of guarding his shot itself. But if you put an undersized guy on him, you're hiding the undersized guy, you're adding speed, and if you're a tenacious, scrappy guard who just is undersized, as Graham kind of plays like on the defensive end, he's not a good defender because of his size, but he's scrappy. If you can do that, maybe at times you can fluster Poku, like getting the travel that, that Graham got, having active hands and, and getting a steal here or there. That's your best route of defending Poku. It's not contesting a shot for the most part because he can just shoot over you. He can shoot over almost anyone in this league. And so I'm, I'm very curious whenever this team is fully healthy, how do you defend Poku? How do you defend a seven-footer who can drive? who can pass, who can shoot. How do you do it? Because you can't put a good defender on him because then you're taken away from your attack of SGA, who will continue to get double teamed, who will continue to command the best defender on the opposition. If you add a top five talent in this draft, that takes away somebody on the other defense to, to, to allow Poku to continue to thrive. How are teams going to defend him? Because I don't hate the strategy of putting Graham there. Because, again, nobody can contest that shot. But I don't know what the best course of action even is for defending Poku because he's just such a unicorn type of player. And the fact that we're already having that conversation in 2021 after a handful of games, it's remarkable. It's remarkable for the progress he's made. We're going to talk a lot more about that in segment two. Segment two will only be Poku propaganda. We're going to get to that in just one second. But first, I'm going to tell you, my good friends over at Headspace. So Headspace is an amazing app. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helps you sleep, focus, act, and be better? Well, there is. And, it's, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of a guided meditation. It's easy to use with their app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the fields of mindfulness, meditation, through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace is a three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Mindfulness can truly help you sleep, and we all can use some help falling asleep at night. At least I can. Headspace is brilliant. Headspace is backed by 25 
published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easier for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that help, that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. I want to say right now, my good friends, over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have gone on the internet and bought all the parts that your car would ever need. How crazy is that 20 years ago on this wacky place called the internet? Listen, folks, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So go to rockauto.com right now and find all the parts your car will ever need with their low prices and their amazing selection. My favorite part about Rock Auto is that I know nothing about cars and I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting money on parts I cannot use. Go to rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box and they'll know what to do from there. rockauto.com, amazing selection. We're at lobby low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. I'm going to tell you right now about good friends over at the Locked On Today podcast. I start my morning every single day with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Today, breaking down all the biggest stories from around the sports landscape. He does a fantastic job. Download that on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. On the Locked On Today podcast, all the biggest stories from around every single major sport. Let's dive into Poku. Poku was incredible in this contest. Now, the Thunder didn't play well as a team, but Poku played amazing. Not only did he set that record for the most threes made as a rookie in Thunder history with the seven, not only did he score 25 points, it was the way he got there. It was the way that he made those buckets. And in this game, I think that you saw something flip for him that he talked about a couple games ago when this team took on Dallas and somebody asked them, what about KP do you study or do you study KP? And he said, yeah, I study Christoph Porzingis in the form of learning how to shoot over guys, learning that I can take my time shooting my shot because even if guys try to close out, they cannot alter my shot. They can't contest my shot. I'm just seven feet tall. And in this first quarter, I believe it was his first or even second shot attempt, Terry Rozier tried to close out on him. And, and, and again, the Hornets were playing very active defense. They were playing very active defense, real good rotations, especially in that first quarter. Terry Rozier tries to close out on Poku, and Poku pump fakes and hesitates a bit whenever that happens. But he still shoots it after he allows Terry Rozier, because he hesitated, he allows Terry Rozier to, to rotate over and contest the shot. But Poku still shoots it over him, and he nails it. And I think that right there, he starts to see what he was talking about, that, look, I can shoot over anybody. I don't need to rush my shot. I don't need to even worry myself with who's going to close out or who isn't going to close out. I can just shoot. And you saw that translate into seven made threes in this game. And his confidence continued to grow with each and every three-pointer made. But he wasn't just making threes. He was able to be a ball handler. He was able to drive and finish with a beautiful finger roll in traffic. His ability to get to the rim was impressive tonight. And he was put in a spot in a game like this where you're missing a ton of your guys. He was put in a spot that put him as the lead ball handler, as the go-to scorer, as the number one 
option as the youngest player in the NBA, as a guy who many people nationally questioned if he'd even come over this year to the NBA, as a guy who Fran Fischilla, who was supposed to be this you know international prospects expert on ESPN, said that he's two years away from being two years away. That was the expectation for Poku. And yet, here today on April 7th, 2021, he's able to go out there and be the top dog on an NBA team and give you 25 points, pour in seven three-pointers, and do a lot of good things, do a lot of good things in the course of this one. The, the way that we're seeing Poku transform as a player, the way that we're seeing him rise and fall in this NBA sphere, where he starts the year and he's treated as though he is a walk-on, as though... He is Tyler Self at Kansas University playing for Bill Self, and he's only there because his dad's the coach. And that every time he gets into the game, people are begging him to shoot no matter what part of the floor he's on. That's what we were acting like at the start of the year. Oh, Poku's going to shoot the ball. Poku's going to shoot the ball. And then whenever he'd finally make one, we would lose our collective ever-loving minds if Poku would ever make a shot at the start of the year. And now, in these last five, six, seven games, it's becoming routine for Poku to score 20 points and to be, and to do so efficiently, mind you, it's not like he's taking 20 shots. He shot 64% from the floor in this game, 63% from beyond the arc, nine rebounds, four assists, 25 points. The way that we've seen him improve even within this season is a big deal. And a lot of that is thanks to the G league bubble for sure. A lot of that's due to just the fact that he is a naturally gifted player. What can he do with this offseason? What can he do with a full, actual, tangible NBA offseason? The NBA announces today that they want and expect full crowds at the start of next season. If you want full crowds at the start of next year, then then you should be able to turn the corner on this and be able to have a full offseason. That includes summer league. That includes training camp. That includes being able to have a full preseason that includes being able to allow Poku to work out constantly all year long with actual NBA strength and conditioning coaches. If Poku has made this type of leap within the walls of this season already, it just makes your mind wonder and makes your mind wander off into what can he do if he has that full off season, when he has that full off season. Can he be uh, all-star? Can he be a superstar? Can he be a transcendent talent? Look, I hate to break it to you guys, but SGA's been out for a long time. Dort's been out for a long time. Poku has been the guy. Poku has been the guy that, that, that defenses have to game plan for and that defenses have to focus on, and yet he's still able to produce 15, 16, 20, 22, 25 points per game in the last in this last stretch with those guys off the floor. His job is only going to get easier as those guys return, his job will get easier whenever SGA is on that floor. And you can add all these pieces together and you have to pick your poison, so to say. Poku's already doing it right now as the guy who should be targeted by the opponents. So I don't think that he's catching anyone off guard right now. We've seen Baisley struggle with the transition into the starting unit and the transition into having defense's game plan for him. Poku's getting that, getting that experience right now. And that is way more valuable. You can, you can talk bad about losing. You can talk bad about getting blown out. You can talk bad about the, the 
way and the route that Sam Presti is going to build this team, which is by tanking. But one thing that is universally better and absolutely unequivocally better than being a, a sorry play-in team is the fact that Poku has gotten the keys of this franchise in this last week, two-week period to show off what he can do and to grow as an individual. I'd much rather watch this team lose, but have Alexei Pokoshevsky handle the ball, be the go-to option, get this experience. I'd much rather have that happen than, you know what, let's play Al Horford half these games. Let's try to push as me to be a sorry 10th seed that gets blown out in the first round again. I'd much rather this, this lifestyle and this alternative than that one because it's only going to help your future. And the future is what the season has always been about. And this future has been egged on by Poku. Coming up, we're going to talk about Poku's injury and talk about what Mark and him had to exchange in that first quarter, as well as discuss Tail Maldon, Jalen Horde, and hand out the game awards in this game. But first, I want to tell you about good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your, your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus and first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag gets you 50% on your welcome bonus. Again, that's going to BetOnline.ag and putting in promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Folks, the Thunder has lost their fourth game in a row. They're submerging swiftly into the tank. It's time to get locked on to the NBA draft. So listen to Locked On NBA Draft. Get more of the analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. This was an amazing game from Alexei Pokoshevsky. I'm going to talk right now about the exchange that he had with Mark Zignat in the end of the first quarter, which was just surfacing through around Twitter, and everyone was blowing it up. Jerry Ramsey asked him about this after the game, and, and we all, as the Thunder media, knew that Jerry was going to be the guy to do this because he's Jerry is by far the boldest Oklahoma City Thunder media member. He doesn't care. Him and Barry, him and Barry Trammell, it doesn't matter what the situation is. He, they're going to ask whatever they want to ask, and they don't give a damn what anyone thinks. So we knew Jerry had to be the guy to ask about this. Uh, but Mark gives a, a simple answer. You know, he, he makes a joke, as he, as he often does. 
I, I was just trying to speak fluent Serbian, and I failed at doing that. Talked about how you know he's not going to go into every coaching detail, but just teach him how to play the game the right way. He's still a young player, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the video surfacing, it seems as though Mark is mouthing, you've bleeped up plenty of times following Poku slamming the ball on the floor after a tail mouth on uh, turnover whenever a tail traveled uh, right before giving the ball to Poku. To me, this is a non-issue either way. I mean, Poku slammed the ball in frustration. He's a young player. Mark teaches him, hey, you can't be doing that. You know, we don't do that whenever you turn the ball over three times and had two bad ones in this game or one's dribbling off your foot. And another one was you traveling that you're upset the tail traveled. There's a lot of like, whoa, we've never seen Mark this animated. He's wearing a mask like 90% of the time. It's hard to tell when he is and isn't animated right now. He talks with his hands a lot in general on the court, it seems. I don't really think that it bothered anybody because he Poku still plays 33 minutes in this one. I think that everything was okay. Uh, but Poku does leave the game with an injury because he tried to end the career of Jaden McDaniels. Poku has turned into this national phenomenon recently. The, the, the fanny pack, the wardrobe, the play on the court. It's allowed him to get some notoriety to where if this unicorn seven-footer who looks like he weighs 90 pounds dunked all over Jaden McDaniels, jumping just within the free throw line, it would have it would have caused an NBA Twitter instant moment. It would have ranked up there with the DeAndre Jordan night. And instead, he not only misses the dunk, but there's a charge on Poku, drawn above course by Jaden McDaniels, and Poku lands on his hip and hurts his hip. And Mark said after the game that take him out in the fourth quarter was their only chance to have him available for tonight's game against Cleveland. And Poku says after the game there was his hip injury and he's fine, uh, so we'll see if he plays tonight. But if he can't play tonight and the Thunder do not get any players back, they'll be down to eight available players for this game against Cleveland, which of course is something very important to monitor moving forward. Tail Maldon was also really solid in this game. And I think that, again, we're not seeing or, or giving Tail the, the props he deserves for developing as a player because he's always looked fluid. He's always looked smooth. He's never looked rough around the edges. He's never looked like a walk-on like the way that Poku did. Uh, but he deserves credit for, for the what he did, especially defensively. He's shown flashes of defense this entire year. I've praised him all year right here on Locked on Thunder about his defense. But in this game, he has a beautiful rotation that blocks a Cody Zeller dunk. He gets two total blocks in this one, gets five defensive rebounds, and again, rotates into position for a beautiful charge that really impacted a possession, obviously, to end it. And so he ends a ton of possessions in this one and plays from really, really good defense. And also offensively, uh, he did his job. I think he dished out, what, five assists in this game and also 25 points in his own right, doing so on 50% from the floor, knocking down three triples and getting 30% from beyond the arc. Had a really good night, a really good night for Tam Aldon. I was also impressed with Jalen Horde, who had some high IQ plays. He had some really good defensive moments on Devontae Graham, who is a nifty shooter that can hit the step backs. He can be a herky-jerky ball handler to create his own shot. And, and Horde did a good job of not biting on those fakes by Devontae Graham, who can kind of bait you at times into those fouls. Horde also had some awesome cuts, had some great finishes. I mean, I mean, great finishes at the rim. And then moments where he had just had that vision that you want from young players, finding Tony Bradley, I believe it was, in that dunker spot. Horde played well. And I love watching Jalen Horde play and... I like watching Justin Robinson play, who is just this fast-paced, scrappy guard that I do not think I've ever seen on one possession where he's not calling out where to go and talking and communicating defensively, which is big for a scrappy, maybe undersized a bit guard 
uh, that is trying to get a spot in this league on that 10-day contract, he's been very fun to watch. Obviously, he's not done enough to earn an NBA job yet, but he still has a few more days to go. But I've enjoyed our time getting to watch Justin Robinson play a bit in this season. Jalen Horde also talked about after the game that he draws back to what Coach Grant Gibbs of the Oklahoma City Blues said about being where your feet are and just being in the moment while everything's just a whirlwind. I mean, he had to sign his contract on Monday, play Detroit, gets the off day, now plays Charlotte today, Cleveland tomorrow, Philadelphia Saturday. Like, it's just boom, 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 nonstop. He talked about how that experience from Coach Gibbs really helped him learn where to be where his feet is and, and, and how to learn how to stay in the moment. That's a message that Mark has also preached, so it's good to see that that synergy between the two and, and how well-connected the Blue are with the Thunder and how much pride the Thunder take in the Blue. Playing with these guys that he played with in the bubble, I mean, Ty Jerome, Moses Brown, Poku, all these guys. And also, Teo Maldon brought up the point that it's nice to have Jalen Horde on the team because Teo Maldon can speak French again, and he can he can talk to somebody in, in French and talk to somebody uh, that has a, a, a background that's like his. They were they were friends growing up. Their mothers played basketball together. They played basketball together. Uh, they've been really close since they were teenagers. And, and having that familiar face probably really does help tell him out on as he says. I mean, I think that at times we get lost that these guys are truly, like it's not just a, a thing on his basketball card or on his basketball reference page. These guys are really from overseas and having to adjust to the culture shock of being in a new country while being 19 years old while playing professional basketball, while being in a pandemic, while being away from family. I think that it's good to have that refresher of, oh yeah, these guys are doing something that is borderline impossible and taxing on you mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. And they deserve a ton of credit for what they're doing at 19 years old. The bet of the day, I had Hornets minus five and a half. That hit. I had the money ball pick for Svee. He hit four of them. But of course, Poku hit seven. The MVP of this game has to be Poku, who is just awesome, and we've already raved about him all day. So check out BricktownBuckets.com. This is Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Cavs game on Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'll have the injury reports up on Twitter tomorrow afternoon. So go follow over there at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.